Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Of course, uh, this morning we're hoping for a little rain there. <laughs> Hopefully we'll see some. But in the meantime, I uh, have a guest in the studio uh, in the next few minutes uh, with Dr. Jimmy Ponder, uh, headache and uh, back pain center. Uh, also, we'll talk a little bit later on during the broadcast. Uh, the high school polls are out for the week. Uh, uh, if I have a moment, uh, I need to look up the power ratings for our local high schools and see where, where they may fall. Elsewhere, uh, later on during the show, at 8 o'clock hour, we'll have uh, head coach uh, Terry Martin on uh, with Lorville's big win last week over the Panthers. And uh, also, we'll talk a little bit about the World Series and uh, other news uh, uh, about uh, odds and ends throughout the uh, morning uh, of Bayou Sports. Uh, meantime... Uh, World Series game gets rained out last night, and it seems like a preponderance that uh, they mentioned. I saw this morning in one of the uh, uh, media sports media outlays that uh, it seems like in the third game that the Phillies have been in the last time they were in the World Series. They always seem to have uh, rain interrupt play, and uh, last night was no difference as uh, both teams, I think, had basically taken batting practice and uh, – uh, going through uh, warm-ups and all, and uh, lo and behold, uh, here come the raindrops, and they canceled the game. And not not knowing who it may favor to, uh, Jeff, but uh, I think the Phillies pitching staff not being really deep, uh, that helps maybe to get Nola back on the mound again uh, early in this uh, series. Well, certainly for game four, if not sooner. But uh, I did see a potential pitching matchup. Let me see if I can uh, pull that in. I know uh, there was some question as to um, what it would be. Um, Yeah, here we go. Let's see. So, uh, again... Uh, Phillies manager Rob Thompson confirmed Ranger Suarez will take the bump in the next game. Aaron Nola and Noah Syndergaard to follow in games four and five, respectively. Syndergaard originally slated for game three. Uh, Dusty Baker, on the other hand, sticking with Lance McCullers Jr., while Christian Javier will probably get game four duties. So yeah. um, a little bit of a, a shake-up because of the rain out. Yeah, and, you know, Philadelphia not being really strong uh, uh, as the Astros are in pitching. So, uh, uh, of course, it doesn't look like they'll have an off day either come Thursday. They're going to play right through it and uh, fly that back down. Uh, if there is a game uh, six back down to Houston, uh, this tonight will uh, kind of decide that, uh, whether there be a – a six or a fifth or whatever. So uh, whoever takes usually a third game usually has a pretty good, uh, especially the visitor. Anywhere elsewhere, uh, but in that, the intrigue uh, with regards to the uh, not having an off day Thursdays that uh, Houston's entertaining the Eagles Thursday night football in Houston. So uh, the, the, the town will be kind of torn apart there <laughs> whether they're going to watch the Astros or the uh, Texans in that regard. So uh Anyway, we'll see what transpires in, in yeah, that situation. See what the game, you know, the, the series situation is. Yeah, they uh, might have more rain. Who knows? No, I'm thinking if it's three to one uh, Philadelphia by Thursday, if uh, yeah, just, that, oh, I understand it out yeah. there. Then in Houston, maybe they're not uh, so tugged. That's right. That's right. So, uh, but they would have a off day. Uh, I think Friday they wouldn't play. They'll go Saturday and Sunday. 
uh, Philly in Game 3 rain-soaked history, as I mentioned, with interruptions in each of the last four fall classics. And Game 3 was delayed by rain. Of course, that's when they took on Toronto, uh, the defending champion. In uh, Game 3 in 2008, they were playing, uh, I believe, the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, and they had a get, uh, delay by rain. 2009, Game 3, delayed by rain when they lost the series to the Yankees. And, of course, uh, last uh, last night. So, uh, anyway, something's got to give tonight following the first World Series postponement since 2011. Philly's undefeated at home this postseason. And Houston is undefeated on the road. They're 3-0. and So, uh, postponement as I mentioned, could give the Phillies uh, pitching a little boost. So uh, we'll see how that's all going to take place in that regard. So um, anyway, uh, interesting evaluation. So anyway, the average uh, little hockey news, Jeff, uh, as we're waiting for the doctor, uh, the uh, and the average National Hockey League team is worth $1.01 billion and crossing the 10-figure mark for the first time in sporting venues. And uh, just found that interesting. The NFL – uh, as of uh, franchise value per league, uh, latest evaluations, the NFL, $4.14 billion. NBA, $2.58 billion. Major League Baseball, $2.31 billion. And franchise valuations are surging all across uh, the sporting uh, leagues and at least partially due simply to demand. Uh, and uh, more billionaires are being produced every single year. And the supply of teams is relatively flat. And uh, as you know, uh, I want to say when uh, ba- uh, basically the Saints initially, I think it was a $7 million price tag when Meekum bought him. Then he sold him to Benson in 85, somewhere in there for like 65, $70 million. And uh, I'd like to know what they're worth today, too. Got to be pushing $2 billion or more, uh, the Saints. So uh, interesting. Uh, in that regard, George Hallis in 1961 and Bill Belichick in 2015. Uh, of course, Belichick won his 325th uh, career game Sunday, including the playoffs, passing Bears legend George Papa Bear Hallis for the second on the all-time uh, list. Of course, Belichick reached 325 in 485 games. Meanwhile, Hallis needed 506 to get to 324. Near, uh, nearly 10% of Belichick's victories have come in the postseason. His 31 playoff wins are a record by a wide margin, margin too. So, Play, Playoff wins are in that number? That's what they said. That's what uh, they said. I mean, in Hallis's day, there was one playoff game. That's pretty if accurate. If you got to the NFL championship game, that was it. But you know, a lot of a lot of people don't remember this stat, and it ended or, or game. It ended somewhere in the early '60s. The runner-ups in each conference used to play against each other. Yeah, and uh, that was uh, basically one game. So. Uh, We'll see how that uh, – anyway, Belichick's uh, second place to Tom Landry uh, with playoff wins. So, uh, and it's equal to the gap between Landry and the six coaches tied for 19th. Big picture, Hallis was in, an integral uh, to the formation and evolution of uh, the National uh, Football League. So, uh, and uh, his daughter, I believe, is still – is she still Virginia, the chairman of the board yeah. or a president of the Bears? Or com- She's definitely the owner, and her sons uh, have uh, in some part become the chairman of the board and CEOs and yeah, stuff like that. But Alice, I think, began uh, the NFL back – by 1922, he'd moved the, the – 
I guess the the Staley's were the, the original. The Cater Staley's. Yeah, that's right. He moved them to Chicago and renamed there the Bears and Papa the Bear. And you, you see the Bear jerseys that say G-S-H. Uh, that's right. Staley oh, yep. the I think S. they've been wearing that since his death, yeah, too. Yeah. Uh, sometime. Uh, anyway, Papa Bear was a player until 1928, coach owner in Chicago, and his family still owns the team nearly 40 years after his death in 1983. His legend. Leg- his legacy is everywhere, having pioneered many now standard practices like film study and broadcasting games on radio. Uh, Belichick, meanwhile, from 1991 to present, uh, he moved into coaching immediately after graduating from Wesleyan in 1975, spent 15 years as a, an assistant or coordinator with roles with the Colts, Lions, Broncos, and Giants. His first head coaching gig came with the Browns in '91. And nine years later, a few years uh, as an assistant with the Patriots, Jets, Robert Kraft hired him in New England. Belichick was technically the Jets head coach twice in 97 and 99, but never coached a game for the Jets. And uh, despite coaching during vastly different eras, the two men share quite a few similarities, uh, including their no-nonsense demeanor, their biggest similarities, or their football genius and innovativeness. Alice perfected the T formation, and wasn't it the Bears that beat the uh, Redskins uh, back in the one of the championship games, seventy-three to nothing, I think. Uh, Indoors. Yeah, and uh, in that one, so nineteen uh, thirties. Anyway, yeah, both uh, first to feature a quarterback taking a snap from under center and deciding to drop, uh, hand it off, or, or drop back, and that fueled the Bears, as I mentioned, seventy-three to nothing championship victory in nineteen forty. Yeah, and if I remember right, that was the game played inside Chicago Stadium because of weather conditions. Okay, I didn't know that. But anyway, Belichick is constantly zigging while the rest of the league zags. (laughs) Both the roster building schemes, it's how they built the dynasty in the league and designed for parity. And yes, Tom Brady helped too. And where it stands, Belichick, a 70, is 23 victories away from uh, passing Don Shula, who sits at 347 uh, for the most in NFL history. And uh, if you, I think, I want to say Shula was a head coach with the Baltimore Colts uh, sometime in the mid-60s, and he might have been 31, 32 years of age when he took over the Colts and then uh, moved on to Miami. Was was he the head coach of the Colts when they lost to the Jets? He was. Yeah, okay. He was when Joe Namath had declared, I guarantee you we'll beat him. He was there two, three years uh, before he got the gig in Miami. And then moved on to Miami and – course, a lot being said, uh, you know, the the Eagles now are at 7-0, and uh, most of those guys, I think, on that 72 Dolphins team have passed on because yeah. they used to toast in a fashion when the last undefeated team got beaten in the National Football League. Of course, the Patriots came close. Bob, Bob Greasy is still with us, isn't he? I think you're right. I think he is. And there are, there are a few others, I think. I'm not sure if Manny Fernandez is, but Nick Monacani has gone. I'm not sure about Jake Scott and uh, no, Stan Jake Scott still. passed away yeah, recently. And, and uh, is Zonka still with us? Might be still with us. No, I don't think so. No? Think How so. about and, and Jim Kick, uh, Mercury Morris, uh uh, Mandich was the big tight end. Uh, some of their offensive linemen in that regard. Uh, I'm trying to remember some other players on that team. Uh, Dick Anderson was on that team, uh, of that 72 team that went 17-0. Uh, and 0. Uh, Just going through the lineups there uh, with the uh, 72 Dolphins So in recall. But uh, they've uh, 
They've stood the test of time. The, the Patriots came close. They were 18-0 and heading to the Super Bowl when the Giants beat them and Randy Moss, uh, I should say. Uh, of course, the two infamous catches by giant wide receivers uh, that helped beat the uh, Patriots both times. Uh, <laughs> Belichick would have two more rings <laughs> along with Brady. And uh, Eli Manning took them both, uh, the only team uh, to knock down the uh, Patriots in the Super Bowl, I do believe. Uh, I'm trying to think, was there anybody else to beat the Patriots other than uh, the Giants in a Super Bowl game? I just can't recall. See, Seattle should have beat them, and they threw an interception on the one-foot line. Uh, it, it was that four years ago. Uh, but the Patriots, in the meantime, uh, have plenty of rings for their fingers. Uh Anything uh, you see with regards to... Apparently Larry Zonka is still alive. Okay. He said, Tuesday, I don't think anything brought it more drastically to mind than when... And this this is from the Miami Herald. They're celebrating the 50th anniversary, and mm-hmm. this is... Unless uh, Larry passed away in the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. he, he was quoted uh, a couple of Tuesdays ago. I don't think anything brought it more drastically to mind than when Coach Shula passed away. He was just such a strong, prominent figure. Uh, they quote uh, Paul Warfield. Uh, yeah, uh, he is uh, and Twilly, still alive. Howard uh, Twilley is another one that should be still alive. If I'm thinking Larry right. Little. Larry Little, the offensive guard, yes. And, Ro- uh, and just think about people who are being quoted in yeah. this uh, story. Oh, okay. Uh, Bob Greasy uh, still alive. Uh, Jim Del Gazo. Uh, I'm not. I think he's still alive. Mm-hmm. He was uh, the quarterback uh, backup. To uh, both Greasy and uh, Earl Morrell. Oh, that's right. Earl Morrell, that's right. Uh, he, who was? No, uh, I was with. He was with the Colts. Amazing that. Uh, did, did he? No, was he with the Broncos in their Super Bowl year in '77? Or am I thinking of? No, another, you're uh, thinking of the guy that played for the Cowboy. Uh, yes, Cowboys. you're right. You're right. And uh, he moved over, and uh, the Cowboys in the Superdome uh, beat uh, beat the Broncos. And their way with the Broncos. Yeah, the Orange Crush. I think they were known as. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there, there's still a few of those uh, dolphins still around. Uh, as I mentioned to you, my be- <laughs> one of my best friend's wife's uh, father owned a piece of the uh, dolphins back in the day. And at their home, when I visited them uh, recently, she had one of the uh, uh, balls that all uh, players uh, and coaches of the 72 team had signed for her. Of course, she was uh, younger then, she was probably a teenager, late twenties, early twenties rather. But uh, she had one of those balls and a ball signed by Don Shula, congratulating him on a win. I can't remember. I've got a picture of it on my phone somewhere. I took of it. But uh, anyway, pretty uh, pretty neat. Anyway, uh, with regards to that, Jeff, uh, World Series time. Uh, trying to see if uh, if uh, Doctor Ponder. Uh, is uh, we're expecting him any time now, hopefully. Well, again, something may have happened, uh, but, uh, well, if he makes it, great. If not, we understand. Yeah, that, that that's certainly right, too. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I, someone sent me something just uh, now with regards to uh, the value of the Saints. Uh, $3.57 billion is the value of the Saints right now. Uh, and the price that Benson paid for him back in uh, the day in 1985 was $70 million, 200000 uh, The uh, revenue, they show a revenue of $490 million. Uh, I, I don't know if that's an annual revenue or a, uh, I'm not sure, uh, but it says a revenue of $490 million. Uh, 
course, and what's the payroll now? It's a little over 200 or right near 200 million, I do believe. Uh, anyway, debt value, I guess the Saints have a little debt. Player expenses, uh, here we go, 252 million is the player expenses. Gate receipts, 73 million. Uh, wins to player costs, 94. Uh, revenue per fan, $102. Uh, metro area population, 1.3 million. So uh, the Saints and the – Well, that's a stretch. Yeah, I think so. They're counting Baton Rouge. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> Metairie, Metairie at one time, the Jefferson Parish. Of course, you, Jefferson Parish goes from the lake all the way to Grand Isle. A lot of people but, No, there realize. were almost as many – I know Katrina cha- shifted uh, numbers a little bit, but there was a time where Jefferson Parish may have been the largest populace. Not great. Parish. Uh, and then there's the North Shore, too. That might be a part of that metro I'm area. I'm sure it is. St. Tammany Parish at yeah. one time was the fastest-growing county parish in the country. Uh, not know if that's still effect, but it's still growing pretty rapidly as uh, many people of the, of the flight uh, from uh, the Metairie, New Orleans area over to the North Shore here in uh, the greater New Orleans area. Elsewhere, Jeff, uh, high school football over the weekend. We didn't mention uh, some of the scores last weekend is our – some of our teams took it on the chin, and others I'd had say success. say a bunch of them did. Yeah. I, I, I talked to five coaches Saturday morning. Only one was uh, victorious. And pretty happy, too, I but, think. But I, uh, but I will tell you uh, that, um, again, win, lose, uh, or draw, these coaches uh, are with me every Saturday morning, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, in that regard, uh, just going through our pocket guide here, I think the Generate Tigers were victorious uh, uh, last Friday night as they take on took on Covenant Christian. I think they had a win. They did 20 Two to nothing. Yeah, uh, the Highland Baptist Bears fell to Centerville. I think it was fourteen to six, if my memory serves me right. That is correct. Westgate lost uh, St. Thomas Moore forty-two to thirty-four. Nish lost a tough one. Ernie swears the officials uh, blew the game for him, but seventeen to fourteen. Sulphur scored two scores, uh, I think, in the fourth quarter to take down the Yellow Jackets. Too don't know when during the fourth quarter, but uh, Nish had the lead throughout most of the game over in Sulphur, and uh, they went down. Uh, elsewhere, of course, uh, uh, St. Martinville uh, beat down on Abbeville. Um, and, of course, like you mentioned, Westgate and Catholic High was beaten by uh, the Lowerville Tigers in a big uh, 8-2-A ball game, too. Kind of kind of decided uh, if Catholic uh, would have won the game, they'd have been uh, co-champs with Ascension Episcopal, but rightfully so, they'd have been the uh, champs since they took down Ascension Episcopal. Meanwhile, Lowerville whose only loss is to Ascension Episcopal, tied with the lead. District uh, loss. Yeah, district loss, correct. And, uh, of course, uh, Lauraville, uh this, uh, I want to say Friday night, takes on Delcom in a big game in that regard. Also, Catholic High will play. There was some talk that Catholic High, that, uh, because of West St. Mary forfeiting the game uh, last Friday, that uh, – but. There was some type no, of... No, there's just a question as to whether or not those players would be ready to play. They had to forfeit because they had a lot of players who couldn't play because of some respiratory That's issue right. that was going through the school, not just uh, the team, but uh, the student body itself, that they closed both the junior high, which is adjacent to the high school, and uh, sanitized it. And it was just a matter of whether or not uh, they could field a team and apparently they feel they can. Yes. And they also want to avoid a second forfeit in a row because if you do that, you're sort of on probation for two years where you can't compete for a district title or a state title and or be in the postseason at all. Not that West St. Mary is threatening a whole lot of postseason appearances these days, and God love them for trying. 
but uh, just uh, hopefully they can turn that program around. Yeah, that's that's going to be the key. Uh, but you're right. Uh, they uh, had a respiratory infection. They closed the school down, I think, Friday uh, to uh, halt. Sanitize uh, it. That's right, uh, to halt any uh, further uh, germs getting out. And uh, hats off to them. Uh, they were supposed to, uh, I'm trying to recall who they were supposed to play that particular. Franklin. Yeah, Franklin, just uh, right down the road from them, probably yeah, about five or yeah. six miles. you got to think that's their rival. Well, I, I'd say so. And uh, in the meantime, so uh uh, here on a big Tuesday, uh, All Saints Day. We'll have a little bit about that, about All Saints Day in that regard later on during the broadcast. In fact, today broadcast. is that uh, the anniversary of the announcement that uh, the NFL has awarded New Orleans a franchise. That's right. And I'm trying to remember uh, who was the archbishop in New Orleans at the time. Who blessed the name Saints. Yeah, they approached him about yeah. that to make sure that the church wouldn't have any problems with it, and he said, let's go. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Archbishop Hannon. I could be wrong in that. Uh, mm-hmm. He certainly could have been. Yeah, it just time. seems like it was. But Hannon uh, was still alive into... Uh, who was the uh, Archbishop that went with the Saints to the Super Bowl? I'm trying to think uh, who that might have been. Who tra- He traveled with the team that particular uh, weekend uh, as they headed to Miami for the... Uh, uh, 44th annual Super Bowl game in Miami, uh, and uh, maybe someone of our listeners might know who that may be, but uh, Archbishop Hannum, of course, had a school named after him. They built in Chalmette, and Katrina destroyed it. They moved to uh, across the lake uh, and set up somewhere up in the Covington-Mandeville area, and uh, I think a 4A school today. When they start off over there, it's a double-A school, so quite interesting in that regard. So, uh, But our high school teams, uh, of course, we have uh, – uh, a broadcast uh, this uh, this particular uh, uh, weekend, Jeff, as uh, we've got a couple games on for this weekend as Northside will travel to Westgate to take on the Tigers in a big game. And then uh, Friday night, uh, we still think it's on. Uh, West St. Mary will be here at Catholic High as the Panthers uh, try to lick their wounds after a tough loss against the Lowerville Tigers last week. We'll keep Coach Martin uh, thoughts on that too uh, I'm sure on the uh, sports corner Saturday morning uh, he was pretty excited a big win for his team too against the quality opponent of the Panthers uh, and uh, meanwhile uh, the Panthers will be uh, so we'll have two games on a Thursday night game and a Friday night game for Kane radio listeners who are not able to attend the game and hopefully the weather holds up like it has been the last uh, few weeks and I was expecting a little rain this morning uh well, the rain isn't in the forecast until later this afternoon, but uh, the radar is indicating uh, that it's pretty close by, uh, last I checked. So um, we'll keep an eye on it. Where is my uh, radar here? I mean, we've got some cloud cover, uh, maybe some very light rain in the vicinity. This, You see this grayish, that's more yeah. cloud cover, uh, okay. but then you get some very light rain there, and a little more substantial rain in the Lake Charles area and south of I-10 uh, into Vermilion Parish. But a uh, little light rain, but there is an interesting line here uh, from Port Arthur uh, to the north and east. Uh, so, anyway, keeping an eye on it, but uh, any rain we get today is going to be light. Yes. 
Anyway, let's go ahead and take our first break. Uh, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with LA Classic Roofing. We're a third generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at LA Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. LA Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Thursday at Southern Jack on Saturday, the Cajun Company Band, and on Sunday, 5th edition. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's, the best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer is now just $2, imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has yet covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar with more outdoor seating. And don't forget the Quarter Tavern, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Athletic field provides challenges that test a competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good paying jobs that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on uh, a big Tuesday, November 1st, All Saints Day. That's right, folks, All Saints Day. Anyway, in the meantime, the five, uh, I guess, classification polls are out here on Tuesday morning. And uh, leading the 5A pack is Destrahan. Uh, they're 9-0. and uh, They've uh, held that position for the last few weeks. They only got three first-place votes, though, but uh, it was enough to uh, – maybe enough second-place votes to have them still remain at number one. Follow them is Carr. Carr's got eight first-place votes. They're five and three. Not know who they've played uh, earlier in the year, uh, but they've lost three games. Coming into third in the 5A poll, Catholic High Baton Rouge. Then Zachary, Rustin, Curtis is sixth. West Monroe, seventh. Uh, Southside is eighth. Uh, St. Augustine is ninth of, out of New Orleans, and 10th is Acadiana at 6-3. and three. Others receiving votes uh, uh, in the area, just uh, Karen Crow got three votes there in that regard. In the 4A poll, St. Thomas Moore comes in at 8-1. and one. 
Uh, they've got eight first-place votes, followed by Warren Easton at eight and one is second. Father Turlings is third. De La Salle fourth. They've got a first-place vote. Uh, Lafayette Christian, LCA, comes in at fifth. Neville comes in at sixth. Letcher has a, one of the other first-place votes at seventh, along with North DeSoto, who's got a first-place vote at eighth. Meanwhile, Opelousas is ninth, and West Feliciana is tenth at nine and zero. Oh. Of course, uh, Westgate did receive 11 votes. That ranks him 13th. Uh, that's the only uh, – also, Cecilia, you got a vote uh, in our local area. And, again, you know, Westgate 6-3, and three, but uh, they <laughs> lost a number one St. Thomas More, number three Turlings, and number five Lafayette Christian. Yeah, that's so. pretty impressive, too, when you think about that district. Elsewhere in the 3A poll, Union uh, Parish is the uh, – Number one team in the AAA poll. They've got nine first-place votes. Again, remind you, Union Parish, that's the former Formerville team up in North Louisiana. Elsewhere, it's second with E.D. White with a one first-place vote in the 3A poll. Uh, third is Church Point. They also have a, a, a one uh, first-place vote. Then St. James. Uh, fifth is University, the U-Lab out of Baton Rouge. Uh, Iowa is sixth. Madison Prep out of Baton Rouge is seventh. Carroll up in Monroe is eighth, uh, followed by Bogalusa at ninth, and John F. Kennedy in New Orleans, which is eight and one. Uh, they're tenth in the 4A poll. Other area teams in the uh, voting area, St. Martinville had four votes. Abbeville had two in the 3A poll. In the 2A poll, Manny took all 11 first-place votes. They're the number one in the 2A poll, followed by Newman, then Dunham out of Baton Rouge. Uh, they're tied with Mangum, which is up there in northeast Louisiana, just below Monroe. Uh, Calvary Baptist is fifth. Notre Dame is sixth. St. Charles, seventh. Welsh, who uh, Lorville played earlier this year, they're eighth. Uh, followed by Oak Grove up in the northeast corner, I think East Carroll Parish. And then 10th is Episcopal of Baton Rouge, comes in at 8-1. Others receiving votes in the uh, 2A poll, uh, no one in our general area, surprisingly. Elsewhere in the 1A poll, a Washita Christian is number one. They have seven first-place votes, followed by Vermilion Catholic in second place. They've moved up. They were at six for a good while earlier in the year. They've got three first-place votes. They're 9-0. Kentwood's at third at 8-1. Glenbrook uh, up in Minden uh, has the other first-place vote, followed by Riverside. Uh, six is Southern Lab. Seventh, Homer. That's H-O-M-E-R up in uh, Webster Parish. Elsewhere in eighth is Haynesville, which is uh, eight and one, followed by St. Mary's out of Natchitoches at seven and one, and Ascension Catholic uh, comes in at tenth at seven and two. Area schools that drew any votes here, the only one uh, in our area was Central Catholic out of Morgan City. They drew three votes. And uh, the, this week, uh, Jeff, some big games for our local high school teams. That's uh, high school football. It's the last uh, regular season game this uh, week. Thursday and Friday, and uh, we'll see how our local teams do. And I was hoping maybe you might have access to maybe our PowerPoints. I uh, don't know if uh, – Yeah, I can pull that up fairly sure. quickly. Uh, in fact, we had them up yesterday talking about Westgate and there being yeah, um, like said, number like 12, 12, I think, in uh, select uh, non-select uh, Division One. And, again, uh, we got to uh, remember uh, non-select versus select and – Four divisions in each uh, non-select and select uh, 
So what would you like to uh, look what, at What here? do you have first up there for? This is uh, non-select division one, and then we can go one, okay. two, three, then four, then go to the select. Okay. And uh, you were saying, yes, this is the, the select or non-select? This is non-select. So we're looking at Westgate still holding on to that 12th they're, they're spot. number 12. Southside, number five. Uh, I'm going to just scan for sure. area teams. Uh, that... Uh, might be it uh, for area teams. Uh, Sam Houston, uh, certainly in the same district as Nish. Uh, they're at 27. Thibodeau is 28 on the outside looking in right now. And again, these are unofficial, but they sure. are provided by the LHSAA. Santa Ponchatoula, South Terrebonne on the outside looking in. And the first four, and they get a bye in the first round. Rustin, Zachary, Neville, and Destrahan. So Southside would be like the top team in the first round. Um, but they wouldn't get a bye, is that Not correct? a bye, though. Okay. Not a bye. All right. And then taking a look at Division Two, and remember, uh, so some 4A schools are in the mix with the 5A, and we may see some 3A schools in the mix with 4A here, but Opelousas, North DeSoto, Iowa, and Carroll are the top four. And then you've got to go to number nine for St. Martinville. Cecilia's in at number 11. Lakeshore, our uh, friend Coach Indes there, uh, number 13. Erath at number 15. Abbeville at number 20. And, and let's see. Go ahead. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is a 2018 bracket. All the non-select are 28. Okay. So Brobridge at 23. North Vermilion, 25. And then Northwest is 28. And then on the outside, looking in, Pearl River, Jennings, Ellender, Grant, Minden, Livonia, maybe still an opportunity. Not sure mathematically. Uh, So then in Division III, uh, Manny, no no surprise, uh, number one there, Bogalusa, St. James Union Parish. They would be in a position to get buys right now. Then uh, looking at area schools, uh, Patterson at number three. 13, Laurelville at number 15, and uh, in a position maybe to get a home game there, especially if they can put away uh, Delcom. And uh, let's see, that's it as far as area schools in Division 2. And then uh, number 28 is Kinder uh, on the outside looking in, Lakeside, Donaldsonville, De Quincey, and... Uh, have to go down to West St. Mary for number 40 there. Okay. In Division Four, which would be then the smallest schools, and Delcom found their way into that. Uh, the top four, Kentwood, Mangum, Haynesville, Homer. So they would get buys. And then uh, going, uh, looking at uh, Welsh, they're number eight. Uh, Generet, number 17. So they're in a position oh, well, for play, a playoff Yeah, game. absolutely. And I think they're four and five, if my memory serves me right. Maybe even five and four. Gaydon in at 20, let's see, Centerville at 22, Delcom 23, and uh, let's see, 28 is Varnado, uh, so they're sort of on uh, the bubble, uh, but on the inside right now, then on the outside, Jonesboro Hodge, East Iberville, Lakeview, Maryville, and uh, no other teams in our area in that mix, but a whole bunch of our area teams in the postseason there, especially looking at Franklin, Delcom, Centerville there. And, that's, and, Generet. and that that division, or I should say, that non-select is uh, one. The, that's the lowest that's lowest uh, classification. Four. Yeah, four. But it's the lowest classification. Yes. That'll be playing uh, in the non-select. The smallest schools. Correct. Correct. And access to uh, and then our, in select uh, division one, which uh, again uh, has a twenty-four team bracket. 
and I'm not certain, but I think then the top eight teams maybe get a bye. I, I'm, well, I'm going to have to going to have to do a little research on that one there. But um, let's take a look at the top ten. Warren Easton, Catholic of Baton Rouge, John Curtis, St. Aug, C.E. Bird, Northwood Shreveport, Karen Crow in at number seven, Acadiana in at number eight. And again, we know these are public schools, but they are select schools now. Since they have open enrollment is exactly. the key. Karen Crow, so number seven, Acadiana, number eight. And Scotlandville, number nine. McKinley is number ten. Other area schools there. I'm not sure if we have any others Zachary, in the top 24. Uh, Lafayette, 22. Do you do you call out Zachary uh, in that uh, group? I did not. I, I thought Zachary. Could, maybe they're anyway. That's all right. Yeah, I don't see them here okay. at all. Okay. So I would have met thirty-three teams in this division. Okay. Uh, but again, that's Division One, the largest of the schools. Let's see here. I'm, all right. I'm getting a text. You're correct on select top eight get buys. Okay. okay thank you, Ernie. Appreciate that. Uh, let's see. So Division Two then, and this is where we see a lot of our area teams from mm-hmm. uh, Westgate's uh, district. All right. So number one is Turlings Catholic. Interesting. Uh, St. Thomas Moore in at number two. De La Salle, number three. Edie White is number four. Lafayette Christian, number five. John F. Kennedy, number six. Madison Prep is seven. And Archbishop Shaw is number eight. So those are the teams that would get that first round by. All right. And then other, uh, looking for some area schools, but uh, I don't think there are any in the top yeah. 24 there. Northside right now, number 24. Really? And they're on, this is a big, that's wow. true. You know, Coach Antoine did mention yesterday that uh, they uh, uh, are on the bubble, so to speak, at number 24. Yeah, um, and they've had a tough year, too. So they've got a lot kind. to play for. Oh, you're right. Against uh, the Westgate Tigers. You're, you're right. This coming Thursday. So, again, anybody on the outside looking in there, uh, Woodlawn, Shreveport, Abramson, Bolton, Bel Air, but no other area schools. All, yeah. all the area schools are pretty much at the top, uh, with the exception of Northside. And in that's at Division 2. Division 2 D- division Select. And so Division 3 Select, the top eight, Newman, St. Charles, Dunham, Notre Dame, Calvary Baptist, Episcopal, Parkview Baptist, Loyola Prep, uh, those are the top eight. And then uh, area teams, New Iberia Catholic or Catholic of New Iberia, uh, 14. Yeah, right that's now. what I thought. Yeah, that's where there were. That was the indication last week. Ascension Episcopal in at number 16. And let's see, anybody else? Nobody else in the top 24 in our area. And then uh, teams just on the outside looking in St. Thomas Aquinas, Bunky, Holy Savior, Menard, Haynes Academy, all with something to play for this week. Then finally, the smallest schools in the select uh, Division Four, two area teams right there, one and two, Vermilion Catholic and Central Catholic. And then uh, Washtenaw Christian, St. Mary's, St. Martin's Episcopal, Riverside Academy, Glenbrook, and Ascension Catholic. Hanson, you know, has a lot to play for, uh, maybe an opportunity still to get that first round by, but they're in at number nine right now. And then... Uh, Moving down, looking at area schools, Opelousas Catholic at 17. And uh, let's see, that would be it as far as uh, area schools in select Division Four Highland Baptist, uh, number 28. So they'd need a lot of help uh, to find their way into the postseason. Westminster Christian, 
uh, in at 26. So they're on the outside looking in as well. And uh, just uh, looks like uh, our area teams are going to be uh, well represented too in the playoffs this year. So uh, and, and not unusual, especially no. the way it's been lately with too many teams making the playoffs. Yeah, the but that's in, not the case in, in no. much of this. Uh, you know, every team we talked about who's in right now, or if these numbers hold, and if there's no change, then uh, most of them deserve to be. In yes, the uh, and it's uh, with the change up of course i haven't heard maybe you have there were a lot of people that put in appeals uh because they were moved from oh yeah that's been determined but i'm just saying i wonder how many teams were able there where their appeals were accepted Uh, there's enough to tilt you know from you know three to four percent um where it was uh selected prior to the appeals was about 52 percent 48 percent for select and they pretty much turned that around to where it's about 52% non-select uh, to 48% select. Yeah, and uh, interesting, It's it makes a difference, too. And uh, it, it's more competitive, it seems like now, with uh, instead of some of these uh, brackets being 12 and 14-team brackets in the select. And, uh, I mean, people get buys, and they play, play two games, and they play for the championship. In some indications, they had a buy, a double buy. They're playing it, win one game yeah. and play for the championship, which yeah. is really unfair when the other teams are playing in three and four games. So mm-hmm. to make have a championship. No. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and take our next break, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have Coach Terry Martin on at the eight o'clock hour. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on a big uh, All Saints Day. Uh, Tuesday, we'll be back with more right after this. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Kane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Kane Row and enjoy. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Thursday at Southern Jack on Saturday, the Cajun Company Band, and on Sunday, 5th edition. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's, the best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer is now just $2, imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has yet covered for the Saints and LSU and no bar with more outdoor seating. And don't forget the Quarter Tavern, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. 
Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Louisiana. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 1075. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, All Saints Day here, November 1st. Uh, in the meantime, Jeff, uh, just a little lightning round quickly. Uh, uh, some baseball news. The A's, Major League Baseball Commissioner uh, Rob Manford, uh, isn't confident that Oakland will be able to keep uh, the athletics from relocating. It just doesn't look like it's going to happen, he says. So uh, we'll see if that's going to happen in that regard. I thought they had some good news in regard to that one location they were interested in building a stadium, but obviously Manfred doesn't have uh, faith in it. No, it doesn't look like it. Uh, Roquan uh, to the Ravens. The Ravens traded second and fifth round picks uh, in 2023 to the Bears on Monday for linebacker Roquan Smith, uh, who leads the NFL with 86 tackles right now. So uh, Killing me, man. Yeah, your thoughts about that. Of course, last night the Browns beat the Bengals 32-13, to you know, and uh, our man uh, uh, Burrow hasn't beaten the Browns since he's been in the league. I think that's the fifth time the Bears, I mean the Bears, the Browns have beaten the Bengals. And uh, pretty. they say it's a blowout, but uh, uh, he kind of brought them back late, but uh, the, the game was pretty much over at the time, so... Anyway, another big picture, starting number of NFL primetime games this season has either been uh, non-competitive or just plain boring. Uh, The average uh, margin of victory has been 12.8 points, and only one game has uh, seen both teams score 20-plus points, and that was the Chiefs and the Raiders. Uh, when it was a 30-29 to 29 game. The average margin of victory has been 10.1 games, and the tightest game was an 11-10 to 10 snoozer between the Broncos and the 49ers. And the average margin of victory uh, uh, has been respectable, 6.9, but fans are still scarred from the back-to-back 12-9 and 12-7 games a few weeks ago. So uh, in the meantime, uh, also did mention, you know, with regards to the A's, uh, probably relocating out of uh, Oakland. There are going to be some changes in baseball come the fall too, Jeff, and that's going to be interesting. Uh, the bases are going to be a little larger, I do believe, going from 14 inches to 17 inches. There will be a pitch clock. I think it's 15 to 18 maybe. Yeah, it's it's going to be a little larger. Yeah. Uh, a pitch clock uh, now will be enforced. Uh, I think it's anywhere from 20 to 30 seconds. I'm trying to get the – uh, course on that yeah what one thing i'm curious about in these base sizes how, three inches is a big deal it you know in, in that how many times are, are and i'm thinking stolen bases especially right. where it's this close <laughs> you know an inch maybe uh the difference uh how tight those things can be um you know it's I, you gotta do something to compensate the catchers or the pitchers yeah. uh for that and, well, and these these Sliding gloves that uh, that gives them another like, couple of, a few inches, man, going into the base. It's insane. That's so, right. Um, but, but, but we still don't see a ton of stolen bases. No, you uh, don't. You, know? you don't. You still see trying to see the uh, the big home run and the three run homer and all. But also in that regards too, uh, we're going to see where the infielders have got to stay on uh, each side of second base. Uh, until the pitch is thrown, or maybe the pitch uh, not crosses the plate, but I'm pretty sure when the pitch is thrown, they can start moving around. But essentially, from the start, they've got to be on two uh, defensive players have to be on either side of uh, second base. And what what I'd like to see, and I I made this statement before, uh, I want to see all teams do this on the first pitch 
in each game where two infielders are standing next to each other on either side of second base so that all four are right there in the middle. The pitcher throws a ball, a wild ball that uh, no one would swing at. But but even if you've got all the teams on board, uh, the guy would take it anyway. And as a, some sort of protest, um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't like, as a fan watching a game on TV, you see a ball come off the bat, and traditionally it's going to be a base hit, and then you realize, oh, boom, there's an infielder there. And that's disappointing, but still, learn to beat the shift. Yeah. I can't believe more guys hadn't learned how to bunt, lay bunts I down know. the third baseline, especially left-handers who have a, 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 a .2 or .3 tenths of a second to get to first base. Uh, and I can't believe you don't see more of that. And you just don't see bunting. I'd like to know what how many sacrifice bunts they had in the league this year. Of course, pitchers are gone. There, there was one team, I think we talked about this, that only in the last couple of games did they have a sacrifice bunt. That's right. Through the whole course of the whole year. And I'm a big believer. One run at a time, uh, you're going to get a lot of runs. Uh, put Laying a bunt down, a base hit there, sacrifice fly, a stolen base. Uh, just uh, Whitey Ball is uh, going astray. One of my favorite uh, changes for next year is going back to the original way you have extra innings, getting rid of that runner on second base. just wasn't working anyway. It wasn't really accomplishing what they wanted to do. It ended up where many times you had to score multiple runs in an inning to win a game. Yeah, and um, then you got the guy that scores the run who made the last down the inning before. Yeah. You know, just strange. And it, then it wasn't an earned run for the pitcher. Yeah. Uh, so just crazy. Don't know why, but uh, I look forward to that. And, I mean, uh, that was a COVID idea initially because, you know, they were playing these seven-inning doubleheaders a lot, and, and they thought it would speed up extra innings but it didn't well with the pitch count we'll see and i still believe they ought to ban batting gloves that that's my big beef those guys step out the batter's box for every pitch got tighten both gloves get back in get set i mean it takes who's 30 the, seconds right there who's the red sox shortstop uh, went to the cubs um he had that routine uh, in advance of every every pitch i can picture his face but i can't remember yeah his i name. can't uh, recall his name either but uh yeah, the, uh, one of the few baseball players that doesn't wear gloves is uh, Carpenter with the Yankees. Uh, he gets in there, taps the dirt, grinds the bat, well, whatever. He's got pine tar, and uh, let's play. Uh, I like those old type ball players. And speaking of the, uh, you know, with the shift, um, I'm trying to recall the first time. I remember the Cardinals reading somewhere. The Cardinals used it against Ted Williams in the 46 series. Not sure if the shift was put on. How about Lou Boudreau developed that? Yeah, he did have something to do with that. You're correct about that in the 48 series. He might have done that too. The, well, they played league games against that, him. That's right. I that's mean, right. So, uh, yeah, that might have come to fruition back then too. Boudreau, of course, uh, they won the, the last time the Indians have won the World Series. And I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think anybody else, uh, they're the oldest team in the major leagues that hadn't won a World Series, uh, they're, they're, the, they're the locks. Uh, of course, at one time it was the Red Sox and Cubs. Red Sox get theirs in 04, and the Cubs come in uh, at 16 to win their World Series. But uh, I don't think – I think everybody's won a World Series in the and, league other than an expansion team. When when the White Sox won in 2005, it was uh, – First time since 1918 or 17. Something like that. 1917, yeah, yeah because in 18 the Red Sox played in the yeah. World Series and uh, – I'm not sure it was against the Giants, but uh, the Nationals, of course, uh, won in 24-25 when uh, 
the big train, uh, Walter Johnson, uh, guided them to the World Series that year. And then uh, they, the, the, wa- the Washington team, I should say, the Senators, of course, play now, and they're the Rangers in uh, well, no, no, Texas. That, that Senators team is now in Minneapolis. That's, yeah, you're right. That Clark Griffiths, They finally won that's in right. 87. You're correct. That's right. Yeah, the, the, the expansion Senators, who came in in 61, moved to uh, – to Texas back Correct. in uh, 70, 71, somewhere in there. Anyway, uh, elsewhere, uh, Major League Baseball. third stadium in 50 years. That's Yeah, unbelievable, <laughs> huh? <laughs> and, you know, Ted Williams coached that, yeah. uh, that Washington Senators team for a short time, and then Billy Morton took over that team, yeah. too. And, and had uh, some success. He did. They had uh, a couple of second-place finishes uh, that were very impressive, 93, 94, still – Gets fired. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Uh, you're right. Anyway, uh, with, with the that, Twins, he he won a bunch of games with the Twins in did. the '69 season and the Tigers too Lost for that postseason. Anyway, it's time to uh, let's see if we can't uh, hook up with Coach Terry Martin of the Lowerville Tigers and talk about his big game and his upcoming game this week. So uh, you listen to Bayou Sports FM 107.5 AM 12:40. We'll be back with Coach Terry Martin right after this. Landry has been traveling around District 49, talking to friends and neighbors about bringing prosperity and economic freedom to all our citizens. As we visited with thousands of people across our great district, many asked, "How can we get involved in moving our district?" Join us by going to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com where you can easily sign up and join our campaign. Go to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com and register now to join us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions. And you can apply right now at Danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Hi, this is Boxcar Bajlow, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kane Road, and Sugar Oak. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Dream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. 
Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on November 1st, uh, Tuesday, All Saints Day. And on the line with us is head football coach of the Royalville Tigers, uh, Terry Morton. Good morning, coach, and welcome to the show. Good morning, y'all. Thank you all very much for having me on this morning. As always, coach, a nice win for you last week as uh, the Tigers get past the Panthers over in Panther Stadium. And uh know you were on the Sports Corner Saturday morning, but for our listeners who weren't able to hear, uh, give us a little synopsis of the game uh, that particular last uh, Thursday night and then also uh, about your upcoming opponent, the Delcom Panthers, come uh, this Friday, uh, Friday night. Uh, probably a pretty good way that you put it. You know, we got by them. Uh, I'm sure it was probably an exciting game to watch, uh, probably a little more stressful on our end as coaches because, uh, you know, it came down right right to the end, man. And, and uh, you know, I thought both teams uh, played pretty well defensively, and, and at times both teams moved the ball really well. Uh, and, and I think when you, when you look at it, there were probably three or four key plays each way, you know, that each team made that could have made a difference in the game. And I guess for us, you know, we just made at least one more uh, than they did, and that kind of kind of how the game went. Uh, you know, we we had a uh, you know it was a tough game, close game, going right into the fourth quarter or maybe the third quarter, and then we, we had a, a big kickoff return uh, by one of our freshmen, Blake Delkin, that took the ball all the way inside the twenty, and uh, we were able to score there and go ahead. And uh, you know, honestly, they they had the ball at the end and they had a pretty good drive going, but but we got that one stop that we needed. Uh, on a big third down play, uh, they ran a screen, and we were able to get uh, – we put a couple of faster guys in, uh, took a couple of our defensive linemen out, and were able to get quick pressure on them. And, uh, you know, had they hit that screen, you know, it could have been a different ball game. Uh, they, they would have gotten the first down, and, and we were able, luckily, to hold on. We kind of talked a little bit about it on on Saturday. During that drive, uh, they, you know, they, they – I want to say it probably was a third – it might have been a third down. I'm not sure exactly what down it was, but they call a timeout. And, and during the timeout, for whatever reason, the officials, I don't know if they went and asked the officials uh, or if the officials decided to do it on their own, the officials went ahead and measured and ended up, uh, they ended up getting a first down on that play. And for whatever reason, the officials decided to give them a timeout back, uh, which, again, if, if, if a sideline requests uh, a measurement and the officials decide that it's close enough to measure, they'll stop the clock. On their own, and so you know, neither team has assessed the timeout. But but normally, you know, they, they call the regular timeout, and, and then the officials decided to measure it. Well, they give them that timeout back, but nobody told us. Yeah, <laughs> they, they we didn't know back. that either, Coach. We we didn't and realize so, what was going on, and that's one of the first times this year doing games that I've seen uh, a measurement. And most of the time, they just go first down, they move their arms, and uh, but you're bringing up a valid point too. And then so, you know, so we get the ball right in the end. And, and you know, I actually called the play, uh, you know, to try to run out the clock. You know, we had already told our kids, look, we're in four-minute offense. Go throw the backs, two hands on the ball. Don't fight fast three yards. Go down, and whatever you do, don't go out of bounds. And so after we said that, one of the coaches in the press box said, well, hold on, there's only this much time left. Why are we even running the play? Because we thought they had one less time out. And so, uh, you know, that's why, you know, we ended up changing it, taking a knee, and then, you know, they call timeout immediately. So I, I say, hey, they're out, right? And he says, well, no, I think they have one more left. And say, you know, oh, what are you talking about? You know, so now there was a lot of confusion. There was. Uh, you know, they, they, you know, and then one of the officials even thought they had one more timeout. <laughs> so, it, you know, had they called it, who knows? They might have given it to him, and they would have to punt the ball. And, and, and so, you know, how, how dangerous that can be, punting out your own end zone. And, uh, you know, so it, it, was, it was really confusing at the end, uh, thankfully. 
you know, after we took that, that last knee, there was about, seriously, about maybe a second difference between the 40-second the clock and the game clock, which fortunately for us, there was one second less on the, on the game clock, so we were able to not have to run yeah, another play. That, that's pretty accurate. Out. Yeah, you're right, Coach. Sure, sure. Coach, I want to tell you something I was very impressed with with your team is young Bimwa, how well he threw the football. Uh, I, I, I wasn't expecting a, a sophomore. He is a sophomore in classification. Is that correct? He, correct. And, again, we've talked about it before. You know, he, he's really a first-year player. He played as a seventh grader and, and ended up hardly playing at all his eighth-grade year, uh, did not play as a ninth grader. And so, you know, really he was expected to come and be more of a defensive guy for us and just be a backup, really, for Trevor Dooley and trying to get him ready for, you know, for the future, should we need. Sure. And, uh, you know, of course, Trevor, you know, after the fall scrimmage, we find out he has two, you know, uh, fractured vertebrae in his lower back. Uh, just more stress fractures, just from probably over overwork than anything mm-hmm. else. Because you know, the poor kid, he he, he lives in a baseball uh, cage. He's constantly hitting, constantly doing different things. And uh, so now all of a sudden, he's thrust into a starting role and really has no idea. I tell you, you what, know, coach, and, he he throws a tight spiral. He's got a good arm. Uh, uh, a lot of future uh, with him for your teams in the future right. too. Uh, and, uh, and I think as he grows and and you know gets stronger and gets faster, he'll will be able to add a little more of that goof. Sure. And actually, I'm looking at him. He's walking up right now, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, coming to the the field house. But uh, as he grows and gets a little bit faster, you know, he'll start to be able to do a lot more things, you know, because, you know, obviously from what we do on offense, uh, you know, you, you have to have the added threat of, you know, it doesn't have to be a super.